coming up this week on the Smitty and Mitty Show. We're joined by returning guest and friend of the show, Tony Ambrosio, plus Michigan football and our talk on the NHL's Winter Classic. It all starts now. And now... Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Start your engines! 90% of the time, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. The show that's got everyone saying... You're so dumb, for real. With Smitty. What you just said is one of the most idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Smitty. I've been in this business 15 years. What's your name? you. That's my name. This is the Smitty Mini Show. Smitty Mini Show. T-minus three weeks? Four weeks. Four weeks. Four weeks. Four weeks until self-destruction here on the TSMS Radio Network. Let's take our sponsors, Dave Milton, Sunlight Financial, Apex Provider, Under the Sun, Gold Line Curling. They are the choice of champions this week on the show. Let me think about if I can remember. Oh, yes, it's the Tony Ambrosio. He's going to be joining us talking about a whole lot of things sports-wise. Love talking to Tony. It was actually really tough saying goodbye to Tony. It was. We're in that... We're in that uh that kind of holding pattern now where everybody we talk to, we're kind of settling in and this is probably the last time, um, at least in the form that we've been talking to them, that we'll get a chance to talk to these people, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, the, as the last time we'll sit down and talk with Tony, unless something crazy happens in the rest of our lives, that'll probably be the last time the three of us sit down and, and chat sports, maybe in person one day, who knows? But uh, the uncertainty I think is what's kind of just having us go, you know what, this is uh this sucks. This is sad. And not being able to talk to people who are just way smarter sports-wise than we are. Tony Ambrosio has been there, done that in every sense of the word. He's done that. So to not be able to sit there and just, you know, gab about whatever and just have a nice intellectual sports conversation. I don't know if you've noticed, but I don't get to have intellectual sports conversations the rest of the show. So I enjoy no, we uh, We have been riding for three years off the backs of people with smarter and more intellectual opinions than ours. Like that has been okay. the, the premise of this show for three years now. Oh, yeah. it's to find people who know more than us and to float our ideas and bounce our ideas off them. That's what we've been doing. So a whole lot of things that we're going to talk about with Tony and that we can talk about in segment three, right after that, um, that there, there's one remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about the Michigan Wolverines and John Harbaugh and everything that was happening uh with the football program. We did um, yeah. yes. If 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 you don't remember, uh, they sent out basically a spy who was going to games and um was scouting, pre-scouting in person for hand signals and stuff. Something you're not allowed to do apparently in the NCAA, which is kind of just as baffling to me as anything else. But it does seem like the way they did it would probably be illegal. And last week, the Michigan Wolverine, a two a three-game suspension was dropped on John Harbaugh, I'll take him to the end of the regular season. They originally appealed and then decided with an agreement with the NCAA to drop the appeal. And it sounds like that drop of the appeal would probably have something to do with them no longer investigating this, just dropping it. 
we're done. That's it. We're going to take the three games. We'll see you in the playoffs. Don't look into it anymore. Mm-hmm. My question to you is, Does how does that come across looking at the Michigan Wolverines? Does it make them look guilty? Does it make them look like there's way more under the hood? Or does it just kind of like, you know what, we'll take it. We'll get to the playoffs. We're still probably going to be one of the favorites to win a national championship. When I first saw this, that's exactly what I thought. I thought, eh, this is basically everyone saying that you're guilty, right? By them wanting to appeal it and the league saying, hey, you know, maybe you shouldn't do that because if you appeal this, we're going to have to look into it more. We're going to have to do a deeper dive on this. If you just let us give you these three games that take you to the end of the regular season, then we're just going to forget all that happened, call it a three-game suspension, call it good, and move on with our lives. So I think, uh, so I think it, it, it kind of just says, you know what? They were in the wrong. We're going to give them three games, and we hope that's going to be enough for everybody for to forget about it for right now. But it doesn't seem crazy for me to think that there must be a whole lot more to this than either Michigan doesn't want. Or I guess a possibility, too, um, is that Harbaugh and the Wolverines just had no idea that this was happening. Knew they were getting the information. No idea how they were getting the information. How you don't ask those questions, I don't know. Not my team. But that they're they were worried. Like who bought him these tickets? Okay, who got him you, passes okay, to the but field? If you're if you're the coaching staff of the Wolverines and someone comes up to you, hey, got this cool information I found out about our opponents next week. Do you really go, but how? Yeah, uh, yeah. If, Where I mean, did if you, you like... get those tickets? Like I feel like that actually is legit, not a question that would get asked. If you if you enjoy your job and not being tainted by you know scandal then yeah you would ask no understanding that there are illegal ways to get this information there's definitely legal ways to get it but there's illegal ways for like this whole thing and not to like compare this too much to the houston astros but like it's one of those things where like is this a written rule i haven't seen it right like is this a written rule that says you can't send somebody buy a ticket, be a paying customer and sit down and watch for their signs. Like you can't do that. Right. Sure. Obviously like that is full blown. We're, we're trying to find a way to, to steal signs, borderline cheating, but is it necessarily breaking a written rule? Yes. There's a written rule that you're not allowed to do that, but it's, it's it like says the, you can't buy a ticket and go watch another team's game. You can't do scouting in person. That is what it says. But you it cannot, wasn't you, scouting, right? Like you're just, but you are. You're taking the hand signals. That's what he was doing. But if okay. But if me and you go buy tickets and we figure out their hand signals because we're super smart and we were able to figure that out, and then we go tell. But you still can't take that information. Then are we? We're, we we can't take that information. Me no, they they can't take that information from us because it was. They're just supposed to forget but, they ever but, heard the information that we told them. The main thing is that you're a lot like teams send you video. You're allowed to do it on video. Like you can just take a look at the video of the hand signals and figure it out. That it's easy. It's it's that easy. Like it's as easy as that. And you did and you did that without cheating. So like it, it's it's kind of like the Astros in that way, where it's like, hey, you're World Series champions without the cheating. Why cheat? Mm-hmm. Why do it? And I wonder now if the Michigan Wolverines and they should at least be, you know, probably in the in the national championship game, if they win a national championship. Why? Why did you have to cheat? Like cheat? Like either way, either the information really helped them, and they're going to tank the rest of the year and not be nearly as good as they were before. That looks really bad. Or, 
they're going to be really good and charge their way to a national championship game. And that's going to look really bad because why did you have to cheat? It's 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 put Michigan in a terrible situation. And for a coach whose contract is coming up and is looking at the NFL, I don't know how he can stay in college football next year. Did we, uh, I forget, did we talk about it on the show a couple of weeks ago when we first chatted about this? Did we talk about how stupid it is that college football still uses the hand signals? Did we talk about mm-hmm. that? Because yeah, that's, just, and, that's just totally stupid to me. Like it's well, 2023. There, there's high school teams that that have mics in their house. Right, like I'm and... pretty sure the high school teams here in Ontario use headsets. Some of them, right? Like it, it, this is not a tough thing to do. Why? Why are the NCAA, the top football programs in our country, in their country, in the United States, still using hand signals? That that just doesn't make sense to me. But what? Yeah, I, I agree, and it's always and the same thing with why they're not allowed to go scout in person. It's because some teams can't afford to send people to go scout in person. Same thing. Some teams maybe can't afford to have headsets and to have them break down and stuff like that. But you're an NCAA Division One team. If you don't have the money for headsets, then you have to use hand signals. That's your fault. Raise some money. Or like here, just like can the NCAA not throw some money into headsets for everybody if it's that big of an issue? I feel like that would be quite a bit of money. But like quite a bit of money to us, but not quite a bit of money to the NCAA. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much it would cost, but I'm assuming headsets in, in every helmet, let alone, well, the quarterback's helmet, defense's quarterback's helmet, and then let alone the, um, like just the upkeep of it. And having to have radio towers in each stadium, which I'm assuming they have anyways, because these offensive coordinators are still talking to the coach with headsets. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. It just it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me. We'll see what happens. Michigan's going to go on, and they're going to win their last three games of the regular season. They're going to run through the playoffs, and it's just going to – we're going to be sitting here in four weeks and, and talking about it. Will we be in four weeks? I don't know. I forgot that we were ending the show. Anyways, <laughs> we're going to hit the break. Tony Ambrosio comes joining us here on the Smitty and Mitty Show on the other side. You're listening across the TSMS radio network and on the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast. Even though I'd just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My Sun Life advisor encouraged me to do three things, get health coverage, start paying back debt, and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis, my advisor had already helped me become debt-free with enough set aside for emergencies. When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today, I'm in remission. Call Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in King Carden and Port Elgin. Another curling season is upon us. Whether you're a beginner, a pro, or somewhere in between, having the proper equipment makes all the difference. Shoes, brooms, jackets, pants, gloves for men, women, and children. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at goldlinecurling.com. Goldline, the choice of champions. Now back to the Smitty and Mitty Show. Anybody show joining us now, friend of the show, Tony Ambrosio. Tony, as, as you know, as we talked about, the show is unfortunately coming to an end. We've decided that we've we've been there, we've done that. It's been three years, three hard working years to be to where we are, and we wanted to do kind of a farewell tour of our last month with some of our best friends on the Smitty and Mitty show. And I remember you were on probably episode like seven or eight, something like that. Yeah, dude, I think it was four. 
Was it four? I think it, it was, was early. Four. And Pretty I early, I think. Yeah. You guys were desperate for guests, so you guys gave me a ring. <laughs> no, we were just. I remember calling. I, I did a I did a group call at the time with Kevin, our producer at the time, and Noah and myself, saying like, "I just booked Tony Ambrosio. This is awesome. Look at what he's done." Blah blah blah. And Kevin's like, "Yeah, he was my he was my prophet school." And I was like, "Yeah, I know Tony." So I was <laughs> more Kevin. I was more excited than I that I guess I should have been, but <laughs> I was super excited. <laughs> That's accurate. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah. So thanks for joining us, and thank you for being a Smitty and Mitty Show friend over the past. Being hey, a- I've I've enjoyed it. You guys have done some great work and have had some great guests. And uh, yeah, tip of the hat to both of you. It was Perfect. a decision that we didn't take easily. We didn't make this decision overnight. And uh, I think at the end of the day, this is it's just what had to be done. We cry a little bit. We're going to cry a little bit more, I'm sure, because this is it's kind of been like our baby for the last uh, three years, but. Uh, all things that are fantastic, I think must come to an end at some point. And, uh, now is the end and it's going to be, uh, we're going to make sure it's a good end. So, uh, once again, thanks for hopping on and joining us. We're going to talk some sports here, uh, maybe some memories down the line and, uh, this should be a good one. I always like having you back. Sean. Thank you again, Noah. Thank you. He always adds such great content. I appreciate what, what I'm here for. <laughs> So I didn't know when I wanted to do this, but I wanted to do it at some point. So let's get it out of the way so that we can have a nice fun conversation to end. But we saw this week, um, the tragic situation a couple of weeks ago um, that happened over in Britain. Um, We saw this week, Matt Petgrave actually getting arrested, it seems, um, and possibly charged with manslaughter for the incident. And I just kind of, I I wonder what that says about hockey plays. Because as much as the play didn't look great, I, I don't think we can sit here and say that he meant to do it by any means. And I know that's what manslaughter means, but it still needs to show some, 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 um, disregard for human safety. I don't know if that was there either. It seems it seems like a reactionary charge. You know, it's funny. I think back to when Marty McSorley was charged many, many years ago with the stick swinging on Donald Brashear. I think even before then, uh, Dino Cicerelli was charged by the provincial government probably before you guys were born. Uh, I think in the early or mid-1980s when he was with Minnesota, I think he kind of swung a stick over, and I forget who, I think it was Brad Smith of the Leafs, I could be wrong. And those are incidents that the criminal courts got involved in, but it didn't go very far. It didn't go far enough as far as those players having to serve jail time. Here, a couple of differences in that, you know, tragedy, fatality, and it's in Europe. And I just wonder if the European justice system views what happened in a different scope than they would here in Canada. Um, I'm stunned that the charges come forward. I find it really interesting how they're not releasing the name of the person they've charged, which we all believe to be allegedly Matt Petgrave. Why is something I can't quite put my finger on must be a legal reason to it. And I do wonder if the charges come stemming from maybe just maybe a true lack of knowledge and understanding of the game of hockey or, and again, this is just pure speculation on my part. Is there a backstory here that we're missing? You know, so I don't know. I was absolutely floored when the manslaughter charge came to be. And in my gut, I don't think much will come out of it other than putting more pain for Johnson's family and for the charged family of of what we who believe who we believe to be Matt Petgrave. Well, and I think that's kind of what I've, at least from what I've read over the last few days, week, this has been out. 
uh, is that the way that the justice system works over in the UK and and where this is taking place is that, A, they can't release the name. That's just how it works there. It's similar to with the minors here in Ontario. You can't release the name. Um, and I think for them to do any sort of investigating into it, if they want to look deeper into this at all, they need to have him arrested. And I think that's just the process, the way it goes. So everybody up in arms over here in North America, I just think it's a different way that the justice system works over there. Sure, and I don't know sure. if they actually have any intentions of taking this to that next step right away. Fair enough. But I, I don't like what this is doing to both families, you know? Yeah, because uh, I'm sure. I'm sure and, and again, I, I don't know. But it sure seems to me Matt Petgrave was not intended to occur what occurred. And I'm sure from what I've read and from what I've seen, the Johnson family has forgiven Matt Petgrave. So to put this and, and to put his name out there and, and to kind of put Matt's family and Adam Johnson's family through all this hurt again, to me, doesn't seem to really do much good at the end of the day. That, yeah. that that's just that's just my feeling and, and maybe this comes from the fact that i i do know matt packrave or matt petgrave very very well he played for the own sound attack he was on that championship team i've been around him multiple times um but i for a guy who got multiple death threats serious death threats after this incident occurred and you know it's it's not like he doesn't know what happened it's not like he doesn't feel bad about what's happened i guarantee that i guarantee he is going to have to seek out counseling for for the things that he he accidentally took a man's life basically, and for, to to it, this just kind of seems to add flames to the fire for the people who think that he did it on purpose for the people who think that there was some malintent there, and unless yeah. you have some serious evidence that something happened, which there could still be, we don't know, um, but unless that's there, I just don't see how this does anyone any good, let alone the next time something happens. You, you brought up the stick swinging incidents, and what, what seems to be different there is you take your stick, you make a a a conscious you know, action to swing your stick in a violent way to hurt somebody. That's not what happened. Yeah. It looks like he was picked. It looks like he went in the air. He definitely threw his foot out to try and stop Johnson from going by, and, and the, the, the worst possible thing happened. And I just don't see how, you know, dragging this on and, and through the mud is going to help anybody as kind of, as you mentioned there. Yeah. I can't imagine the pain that Matt Petgrave is going through right now. I mean, I can't imagine the pain that Adam Johnson and his family is going through, but uh, I just, it, this whole thing boggles my mind, but I think Noah said it really well. This is all part of the justice system. And maybe these are things that have to be done to try and get some clearer answers. If there are any clearer answers to be had, I just hope at the end of the day, Maybe there could be a, just a slight tinge of good out of this in that maybe there'll be more neck guards being worn at the professional level. And hopefully we will never see anything like this again. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, we've we've seen just in the in the, the local hockey that um, I mean, us in the OHA, we got emails sent out saying, make sure everyone has their neck guards. We are serious yeah. about this stuff. Um, the local senior league. Pardon me, that's also under the OHA umbrella who never wore neck guards before is now being forced to do it. And we saw some NHL players who, you know, came out and wore neck guards. And I think it should, even if you have to grandfather it in, just, just for the pure fact that the players in the minors 
or the like the, the young kids, they don't want to wear them because they don't see the NHLers wearing them and they want to be the cool kids. And that looks yeah. cool to them. And I think if the NHL players just start wearing neck guards, which they've worn them the whole lives all the way up, then that would go a huge way just to making the kids feel like they need to wear them as well. Yeah. Well said Tyler. And again, look where hockey was. If you go back 50 years, nobody wore helmets, nobody had visors. And now that's a mandatory thing for everybody playing the game. I mean, we're, we're talking about skating around with weapons on our feet, right? Yeah, exactly. at, at unbelievable speeds faster than players have ever been playing before. So um, I think, like you said, if anything good comes out of it, it looks like the good that is coming out of it is these enhanced rules and, and hopefully an enhanced awareness from, from everybody that steps on the ice officials um, and players alike. All right. So let's make a transition here because I, I just happened to be at the Buffalo bills game last week against the Denver Broncos, unfortunately. And I see your your uh, Pittsburgh Steelers in the background there, and I wonder yeah. who had a rough, who's having a rough time, who's having a, a, a worse time right now. If it's Buffalo Bill fans, yeah, Steelers fans, and, and it's funny because I'm a Steelers fan, but I'm a pretty realistic Steelers fan. Yes, they're six and three as we speak. They're not very good, and if they make the playoffs, I fear they're going to get smoked in the first game, uh, from Kansas City, Jacksonville, Baltimore whatever um to me buffalo is a more talented team but the steelers are getting more of that football luck going i will say this for pittsburgh if they make the playoffs they have two things going for them solid defense i don't think it's as good as people think i think it's pretty solid and two they have shown recently they can run the football when the weather gets colder when the players and then the field gets slipperier if that's a real word i'm not sure I think running the football and playing defense always helped teams out in the playoffs. Although it's not 1980, you know, the game has really changed and it's really an offensive game. Although the scoring is down, which we could probably discuss if you want, but I will say the Steelers defense and strong running game could, and I use the word could in 22 size font could lead to some success. I just don't think it will. I will go this way. I think it's possible the Steelers make the playoffs. I don't think it's probable they'll have much success. So why is this scoring down in the NFL? So there was an interesting study on this, Tyler. Hmm? So apparently the analytics gurus tell me, from what I've read and heard, that teams are playing more zone defense than ever before and not man-to-man. So zone defense means more dinking and dunking, which means the clock keeps going, the clock keeps running, and there's less possessions per team, and there's less big plays. So as a result, scoring is down. The other factor, too, I think is quarterback play. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is still a great quarterback, but I'm sure if you look at his play this year compared to last year, you'd say it's it's worse. Jalen Hurts, great quarterback. I think we can both, all three of us can agree, his play probably isn't as good as it was last year. Josh Allen, does it tell UT, it's not good. Turnover machine. Oh, yeah. Joe Burrow. Terrible start has been better as of late. I mean, who are we talking about a quarterback right now? CJ Stroud, a rookie with the Texans. Like to me, that sentence tells me all you need to know about quarterback play in the NFL. So I think quarterback play isn't as good, more zone defense, and the big play isn't there as a result of less man to man and more zone defense. 
if the NFL keeps up with this, uh, this elevated zone defense, like if they keep up with this through the end of this year and into next can, year, is it only a matter of time, Tony, before the offense kind of spikes again? Are we just down this year? And then uh, the quarterbacks, the offense, they'll figure it out heading into even the back end of this year. Well, there's always, there's always adjustments, right? On both sides of the football. I was thinking maybe we might see rule changes, which will try and get more scoring back in the league. I don't know. What did I, I heard a stat today about primetime games especially. The under has hit 75 to 80% of the time this year. Not that I'm a gambler, bet 365 or FanDuel, but not that I'm a gambler, but it seems the under on those primetime games has been a big winner for those that do uh, play the occasional bet, like Fred Wallace at CF West yeah. Radio. I think I saw that maybe the last 11 primetime games were 11-0 and 0 on the under. There you go. Yeah. Maybe that's what I read this morning because I saw, I I saw be. a similar stat. Yeah. yeah. If you also yeah. wanted if you wanted offense to go back up, you get rid of Thursday games on short weeks. Yeah. You get rid of guys having to fly into different continents to play football games on short weeks. You get rid of those things. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So in your opinion, I don't know who the best teams are in the NFL right now. I think, I think it's Philly and San Fran out in the NFC. And I think Casey and I know Baltimore, but I still like Cincinnati. I know they're not in the playoffs. Those are, the, to me, the four best teams, in my opinion, right now as we speak. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll take this one. I, I think okay. it's 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 undoubtable that it's it's San Francisco and the Eagles on the NFC side, for sure. The AFC gets okay. a little more muddy. Yeah. I do, listen, this might be just maybe my fandom talking, but I do think that if the Bills can squeak into the playoffs, I think that there is something there. I think their defense is extremely hurt. I don't think they're one of the yes. best teams. I think their defense is porous right now. It played very well on Monday night. Um, but Josh Allen getting a new uh, a new offensive coordinator here, um, hopefully being able to just move a little bit more. He looks so stagnant, like he's not moving at all. I, I do think the pieces are there, and I think a little bit of uh, controversy throughout the year just adds hair to the team versus making them – a team that kind of marches into the playoffs. That being said, it is uh, clearly the Kansas City Chiefs. And I do think the Baltimore Ravens are there as well. And you can't, you know, you can't, you can never um, count out. Um, I don't think you can count out the Jets if Aaron Rodgers figures out how to come back in one year from an Achilles wow. injury. I don't know how you can do that, but that, that he defense. Said, he said by the end of Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, he wants to be back on the field. Wow. If, if, if That's that, like this week. If that happens then everyone does his Achilles thing, right? Like we've seen four or five Achilles injuries this year. Every every single one of the people who have an Achilles injury this year should be calling Aaron Rodgers and saying, are you just blowing smoke or is this something that's real? Yeah. Well, I I don't see it, but I'm not a medical expert. and I don't use the magic potions that Aaron Rodgers uses, but uh, I, man, oh man, if he comes back and plays good on him, but if he comes back and plays and gets hurt again, oh boy. So the Jets say. have if, a dilemma on their hands. If you're the Jets, how do you let him come back? If you're that's the, the Jets- problem. That's this is all this is Aaron Rodgers is putting his football team in a real bad pickle here mm-hmm. because they know he's a pretty strong-willed guy. They want to support him, but oh boy, this could lead to some nasty situations here. But you can't disagree that if Aaron Rodgers gets back under center somehow for those Jets, that is a very strong defense, a good yes. receiving core, and one of the best running yeah. backs. Like that is that would be a scary team. I agree, I hundred percent agree. I just don't see it happening. Is it is it as scary as risking a, a longer injury? 
right? You come back too early from that Achilles and your, your career is done. If you hurt yourself a second time. I'm with you. Yeah. There's there's no, there's no coming back from that. That's why that's, that's why he's putting the New York Jets under a really difficult predicament here. Do you think the NFL could ever have a team in Europe or a division? Yeah. I I don't know about a division. I can certainly see a team, uh, but you'd have to be really careful with the scheduling. They'd have to play two, maybe three straight weeks at home and then go on a road trip for two or three straight weeks, right? I think you'd have to think something like that. Um, and I don't know how they would be able to attract free agents. That might be a difficulty thing, you know? I, I don't know. Um, but I, I do think the NFL really wants it. It's funny. I think the NFL wants a couple of things, and I know I'm weird to say this. They'd love to have a team in Europe, and I really think the league wants the Super Bowl to be played on Saturday night. I really believe that's their preferred night, a Super Bowl on Saturday night. Expand on that. That's not, I'm not against that. Can I just put I that I think in they there? think, you, you think the audience numbers are big on a Sunday night? I think it would be more so on a Saturday night. And, and I think the league is always thinking big picture. That would be their preference to play a Super Bowl on a Saturday night, right? It's already the biggest day of the year. They're playing, they play that in cold weather stadiums, Minnesota, Detroit, New York, an outdoor Super Bowl in New York. They had one. So the NFL is always trying to find ways to be different, to be bigger, to expand their platform, to expand their reach. And I think Saturday night is the one thing they would love to do, along with putting the team in Europe. Do I see it happening? Not really. But I think in the NFL's view, those two things would be something that would happen in the next decade. That's where I think, you know, Roger Goodell talked about having a Super Bowl in Europe and the possibility of, yeah, wow. of a major game in Europe. And and the only thing I could think of, and we talked about this on, on a couple shows ago on the, the Smitty Media Show radio show. Um, what time do you play it? You're going to play it at midnight in Europe to make it a night? No, no, oh, no. Oh, no, no, you you wouldn't do that. You'd play it like at a, what, 6 p.m. here is midnight there. So you'd have to be more like 4 p.m. or something. But uh, to me, the Europe Super Bowl is longer away than a team in Europe and or a Saturday night Super Bowl. So I, I don't think that's going to happen within the next 15 years. That's 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 in my lack of knowledge opinion. Let's do do one more quick transition as we got about uh, five minutes or so left here. Uh, Let's talk about the NBA a little bit. And just just one, that's why I love talking to you, Tony. I can throw anything out. Do you want to talk about darts? I love talking. Uh, I saw saw the Blue Jays. I thought we were going to talk about the Blue Jays. Let's go to the Blue Jays. Let's go to the Blue Jays. Who cares about the NBA? Who cares about the NBA? Let's talk about the Blue Jays. There's only one. (laughs) Noah's got his October shirt on too. Let's go. There's only one thing. One possible thing that could be on Blue Jays' minds right now, and it's Shohei Otani having right. dinner with Yusei Kikuchi. Now, do you believe that report? I have no reason not to believe. I want to believe it. <laughs> we have to believe it just, just as much as we can. I haven't heard it from a re- reputable reporter yet. So I tend, I'm always leery when I hear that stuff. I tend to believe things I want to believe. Okay, that's true. So let's talk about this. Why would the Blue Jays slash Rogers want Shohei Otani? To me, it makes sense. A, expand your fan base, right? Expand your fan base in Asia, in Japan, which is a ginormous market. Three, 
think of the advertising we would see at Rogers Center that we don't see now. All the Japanese advertisements we would see at the stadium alone, let alone the advertisements we would see during the television broadcast and or the radio broadcast. To me, I can see Rogers making a pitch for Shohei because it's more than just baseball, right? It would be expanding so many revenue streams that really aren't there to Rogers right now. Now, do I think it's going to happen? No, but I'm, I've always been a doubter. I've always been kind of a negative Nelly when it comes to these big reach things. But if you're the Blue Jays, it makes sense to try and pursue Shohei and try and sell him on the vision of being a Canadian megastar along with his Asian megastardom already. Let alone, Will, a, I don't know, but that's let alone, let alone a very uh, robust Asian community in the Toronto exactly. area. Let alone, exactly. let alone in Canada, but just to, yeah. just in Toronto. Yes, and think about the money that's off the books, right? Hunjin Ryu, speaking of of Asian players, twenty million off the books. You're not paying Whit Merrifield eighteen. You're not going to pay Chapman probably what twenty. With all due respect, Mm-mm. I heard they they tried to make a deal with them that stuns me because i thought they didn't want any more of them but whatever um so those you know there's like what's that 40 50 60 million dollars you're saving right there in those three players that you could maybe put towards trying to sign Shohei if that interests the blue jays if that interests ownership i don't know well, i think it's the ownership already hinted as well that they're keep in mind they say this it seems every single year there's no reason to not it seems like every single year they say they're oh we're gonna make another big move but they said it again this offseason already but but they have but in all fairness no they have over the years george springer Mm -hmm. yeah chapman so which the whole thing our show which leads us to the point where we now we're believing them right now we're saying Mm -hmm. all right Let's wait for it. Let's see what this big yeah. move is this year. If they can sh- sign so- Shohei, that, that'll be the biggest, right? Like, that'll be oh my God. the biggest knees. That, right? that like, would be the biggest free agent. And, and again, maybe because it's recency bias. But if that were to happen, would it not be the biggest free agent move of any Toronto sports team with all due respect? And I know he wasn't a free agent. Kawhi Leonard, with all due respect to John Tavares, because of the reach of Shohei Otani and the millions of people who would watch Blue Jays games that don't right now, and the millions upon millions of potential advertising revenue that could come forward that isn't there now. Do do I think it's the right move? I don't know. I'm not an expert. But I must admit, it really intrigues the heck out of me. And I mean, let alone the fact that they're going to need a pitcher and if he can even pitch this year, but they're definitely going to need a left-handed bat that can play the outfield or that can DH. They're definitely going to need that. But when you talk about Shohei Otani, I don't think you talked about the money coming off the books and everything. I don't think the money has anything to do with this. I think if you're Rogers and you have the money to spend, who cares how much you're giving them? You you hand Shohei Otani a blank check. And you say... (laughs) The, The amount of money that comes back, the amount of money that... Um, the LA Angels, Angels have reportedly made just on Japanese deals. It pays his contract, basically. Like, really, you make that much money back in, in Japanese revenue. So it doesn't really matter what you're going to pay him. It matters that you just woo him to coming here. And that's yeah. as easy as saying, you have a country. And let alone the fact, I, like, this might be a small piece, but there's been a lot of rumblings of Montreal possibly being back in for a baseball team. If you're the Toronto Blue Jays, you want to make sure that you are the team of Canada. And one way to do Correct. that is having the biggest player in the world. With you, you still have Vladdy for two years. Yeah, you still have Vladdy for two and Bichette for two, at least. 
And why right? wouldn't so, they stay? Why why wouldn't they sign a deal if you're going to get to play championship baseball with Shohei Otani? I'd also like to throw in there when you talk about biggest Toronto signings. I think Hanjin Ryu is such a was such an underrated huge Toronto signing because that seemed to be the moment when the Toronto Blue Jays said we're ready to come here. We're ready to play. And, and, we're ready to sign signing. some big names, let alone who his agent was and how he never dealt with the Toronto Blue Jays. He was against dealing with the Toronto Blue Jays, and that was an opening into dealing with Scott Boris. Unfortunately, though, the Blue Jays lost Ryu in Toronto for a couple of years because of COVID and injury, right? So his four years were kind of marred because of COVID and injury. So we didn't really see Ryu in Toronto as much and really didn't get to connect with the Asian community as much as I'm sure he would have liked and the Jays would have liked when they signed him at the time. All right. But well, that's a good point, though. No argument there, Kai. No, no argument. Uh, Tony, once again, thank you for hopping on. We are out of time here uh, on the show this week. Always a pleasure to talk to you uh, and get to have you on the show. One final time here before we finish things off in the final few weeks. Thank you again. Uh, thank you, and, and best of luck in your futures and whatever it may be, and hopefully this will allow you more time uh, to spend with your family. So uh, thanks again, guys. Really have enjoyed it. You put on some great shows, had some great guests. Hat tip to you. It is not easy to do a podcast. I've often thought about doing one. Then the workload scares the crap out of me. So again, I give you guys a lot of credit for the work you've done and uh, the interviews you've put on the air. Thank you. There, there we go. Next time, next time the Smitty Mini Show rates makes a reincarnation. It's the uh, the the T S T M S. Tony Tony Smitty Mini Show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's good. Thanks, guys. I don't want to scare you, Tony, but the workload is a lot. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I know. It's why we're calling it quits. Yeah, I understand. I All understand. right, Tony Ambrosio here on the Smitty and Mitty Show. Uh, we'll wrap things up here for another week. Another curling season is upon us. Whether you're a beginner, a pro, or somewhere in between, having the proper equipment makes all the difference. Shoes, brooms, jackets, pants, gloves for men, women, and children. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at goldlinecurling.com. Goldline, the choice of champions. Even though I'd just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My Sun Life advisor encouraged me to do three things. Get health coverage, start paying back debt, and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis, my advisor had already helped me become debt-free with enough set aside for emergencies. When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today, I'm in remission. Call Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in King Carden and Port Elgin. This is the Smitty and Mitty Show. Welcome back to the Smitty and Mitty Show here across the TSMS radio network and on the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast. Noah Smith, Tyler Middleton back with you here in the studio. Big thank you to Tony Ambrosio for hopping on, uh, joining us there for the last 25-ish minutes of the show um, and talking about n- numerous things, but more importantly, uh, us getting to talk to Tony for the final time here on the show. Uh, we can't thank him enough for everything that he's done throughout the course of the last three plus years of us doing this. Uh yeah, <laughs> no more to say. Tony, Tony, I I don't, I don't remember if this was you know after the interview that we were talking about this or before, or during. But um, Tony was one of the first guests where like I got Tony Ambrosio to come on. You having known Tony a little bit, and I got like excited because Tony is just such a knowledgeable guy to talk to. He's 
you know, covered so many sports. He's been on the TV, the radio. He's done everything you need to do. Now, like teaching at, at uh, you know, the broadcast school. Uh, Tony is a big deal. It was a lot of fun to talk to Tony. Yeah, what I don't like is when and Tony didn't do this. I just I happened to be flipping through Facebook and and saw some of the comments on the post that the show was ending. It's some of the comments or are, are, are the feeling from some people that it's like, oh, you guys just didn't make it. That's okay. People just don't make it in this business. We made it pretty far. We did a pretty good job. Yeah, we. I'm much. We're, we're, on, yeah, three we're, radios. We're not. We're, we're, we're not quitting. Stations. We're we're not stopping this because it's failing. And and okay, I'm going to say this. It's going to sound a little bit cocky. Right. We could have been on a lot more stations if we wanted to. Like the interest was there when we were pressing at the time. We had numerous other stations that were interested. I'm confident that if we kept on pushing. We could have landed ourselves on twenty to thirty stations across Ontario and 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 beyond, right? Like I feel like that's not an unfair thing to say, without sounding too cocky. We did a good job. I'm proud of what we've done here over the last three years. It really is just life getting in the way. Like mm-hmm. outside of the media, outside of the podcast, other stuff is now going to have to take precedent. Yeah, it did sound cocky, but you're right. There were other stations that were willing. Some stations that we, you know, we even had meetings with them and the and the board members. Some some stations outside of Ontario that um wanted to carry or possibly wanted to carry. And we just decided that, you know, if we're if we're in Vancouver now, we gotta cover Vancouver sports too. And it just be it would become even more. We made a decision at that point. Uh but yeah, I just for anyone out there that's concerned that we didn't do it well enough. I think we did it fairly. I well. think we did it just as well as we wanted to. All right, that's it for pumping just, our tires. Yeah, I think it no, just, no more it, pumping it, our the, tires. The road came to an end. Right, there was a dead end sign at the end of the road, and instead of trying to go off roading, we just turned around. Right, because we're lazy. Okay. We, didn't want, we didn't want to go off roading. That's All my right. analogy of the day. Sure, I don't. I don't know if they. Okay. Okay. I don't know if this was laziness by any means. I mean, we are lazy, but I don't know if this was laziness. It seemed to be a lot of work for laziness. We could have done it a lot lazier. So you're saying my analogy isn't correct? Yeah, but whatever. I'm too lazy to correct it. So anything you want to touch on from, from like further from Tony? Because we talked to Tony last week before um, the NFL schedule happened that time and or before the NHL or the uh, shoot. The NFL happened last week and he asked a question about like, are there any good teams in the NFL? And I mentioned the Buffalo bills and you know what, after the fire of Ken Dorsey, the Buffalo bills looked much better granted against a horrible team. Zach Wilson should never start another game in the NFL. Nothing against him. Better quarterback than I am. Should not start another game in the NFL, but the bills look pretty good on home soil. And yeah, another they, big one they, coming up this week. I was going to say their their biggest test is coming up this weekend against the Eagles. And and you know what? When we come back here and we talk next week on the show, I don't want to like kind of like delay this conversation, but it's a big measuring stick coming up this weekend, right? The Eagles themselves are coming off a big win, so uh, this will go a long way, not just in the standings, but in terms of how confident the Bills are um, moving forward. And who we're gonna see moving on out of the AFC, right? Like it's it's pretty tight race right now. A tight race in the fact that you know the Bills could possibly work their way into being the last team into the NFL playoffs and still hold. What I mean, Joe Burrow is out of the way now; he's done for the season. Um, there's a path. There's a path. Something you just sent me. Do you want to talk about that? 
Yeah, that's why I sent it to you. That's why I want. I, I imagined. I was. I was kind of like a half transitioning to it. Okay, the NHL Winter Classic uh, comes our way once again here over the holiday season, and this year, um, the two newest teams in the NHL battle it out. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights, Seattle Kraken, uh, and their jerseys getting released uh, just this past week. What are your thoughts? Because this is an interesting one. This is the first time, I think, in Winter Classic history that we've had two teams that have only been in the league five or less years, and we get to see teams that really have no history, right? You can't go throw back with your jersey design. Where do you go? Do you like what we're seeing here? Obviously, on the radio, I can't show the viewers what the uniforms are, um, but look it up. It, it, yeah. what, do you, what do you think here? Where did you say it was being played? The game is in Seattle, I think. It would have to be. There's no way it's in Nevada. How would you have ice in Nevada? It wouldn't be the uh, wouldn't be the first time. Back in I think the '90s, they played an exhibition game in Las Vegas. Reds I mean, they did. It. it was a they, train wreck. It was a train wreck. But technology has come a long they, way since then. They did play a game in LA a couple of years ago. I believe at Dodger Stadium. So with the refrigeration I mean, technology, possible. you really don't need like the only thing you can do is not play under the sun. Like play it at night and you're fine. So either way, back to the conversation. It does get pretty cold in the desert at night. But either way, let's go back to the conversation before. Um, I think, or let me pose a, a question back to you. Does the NHL push too hard? Uh, push too hard, meaning what? Like meaning that they they tend to shove their new ideas down your throat. Oh, absolutely. They- That's why we're seeing Vegas versus Seattle, um, which, by the way, is at T-Mobile Park in Seattle. Um, that's why we're seeing that for the Winter Classic this year. I am pretty confident that is the most not the most popular matchup you could come up with. So why pretty do confident it? in saying that? But this is the NHL saying, mm, here's our new stuff. In case you missed what we've done in the last five years, here's our new expansion team that won the Stanley Cup, and here's our newest expansion team. Ooh, cool jerseys, right? This is what the NHL is doing to try and promote and make it seem like, oh, what we did wasn't a mistake in either of these places, which I'm not saying they were, but this is the NHL. I'm not shoving it down our throats, but them going, mm-hmm, yes, we did it. we did a good job. It, it, I don't know. It bugs me. Like we, we hear about how amazing the Phoenix Coyotes are doing when they're clearly not. And now you have like just two brand new teams with, like you said, no history in truly a game. And I don't know how you feel about this, but a game that I just don't care about anymore. Like it was cool. It was cool when they first did it, you know, when you had in Buffalo and then you had um, the, the game in, in, uh, in Michigan at uh, the big house with hundred thousand people. Like those were kind of cool. That made it a little bit special, but now we have every year we have a winter classic, we have a heritage classic and it just, it loses, it's lost all of its allure to me. Like, it, it maybe it was okay last year at Lake Placid because that was just something new and interesting. But to just shove a game again at a baseball stadium, I don't even think I would go to it, to be honest. Like, if it was if it was in London in some big stadium where I could just walk to the stadium, I still don't know if I would go to it. Yeah, it really has kind of lost its allure, right? Like, there is, um, I, I think of, like, Crosby's goal where he's pushing the puck through the snow in the shootout. Right. Like those are core memories as a child, even as a non Pittsburgh or Sidney Crosby fan, because it was just so cool to see. 
now. I mean, I think I'd have to count back a number of years. It was definitely pre-pandemic, but there was a year where there was a like a winter classic, a heritage classic, and two stadium series games. If you're doing it four times a year, it's no longer a cool thing, in my opinion. Right. You kind of lose that 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 aura around the game of the one-off, the outdoor game that happens maybe once a year. You lose that. And it makes it more special when your team is the one hosting it this year, then. Like or or even that your team's playing it. It just makes it that more special. It seems like teams have an opportunity every other year to play in one because they just happen so often. I feel like the NHL just finds ways to make money. And once they find a way, they don't let it go and they run it until it's ruined. And like, obviously they're going to keep doing it because despite us talking on our podcast here about how we wouldn't go, it's going to sell out no matter where they put that outdoor game. They put it in a baseball stadium with 30,000 people. They put it in uh, a college football or NFL stadium with 80 to hundred thousand people. They're going to sell those games out because there are enough people that do still want to see it. They want to see their favorite teams in an outdoor game. But I really do, like, I won't be tuning in on New Year's Day to watch that game on TV. And I know numerous other people who won't. There was a time when we used to make time to make sure we were around the TV to watch the Winter Classic. And I think that time is long gone. You know where... You probably do just because, but do you know where the All-Star game is this year? Uh, Do I? I don't know. Is it in Toronto this year? It's in Toronto this year. It's in Toronto but, this year. But the yeah. fact that you had to like double think about that just kind of shows me how much that these special events mean nothing to the NHL. Or nothing to the NHL fans. It means something to the NHL. It means nothing to the fans. It's in our backyard. And, and I probably only know about the Toronto because it's like it's the closest NHL team to us here. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. Toronto media is once again going, ooh, All-Star game, coming to Toronto. I don't care. I don't care about the All-Star game. And that's not a shot at the NHL. I really don't care about the MLB All-Star game, NBA All-Star game. Nobody watches the Pro Bowl, mm-hmm. right? Like these things are, I, I think, a thing of the past. I, I was going to ask you, like, because the Toronto Blue Jays are, they've started renovation on the new stadium, um, like just kind of fixing up the lower bowl. This is phase two, if you will. And usually after renovations are done on stadiums, they like to show them off in the MLB by giving them a all-star event, all-star game. You you wouldn't go to the home run derby? I don't know if I go to the all-star game, but you wouldn't go to the home run derby? I I think if I could get tickets for what I thought was not in like stupid price, I might go. Like, what would you pay? Like, I'll I'll bring this question back to you. What would you pay to go see the home run derby? at the newly reno- renovated Rogers Center. Like, what, to... would be, what would be too much for you? Because I don't know if I would pay more than 100 bucks by the time I got to get there. Yeah, it's a trick question because, like, I got to bring a family. If you're talking just me, like, just me singular- singularly buying a ticket, I'd probably pay 250 to go buy my, like, with friends, buying, buying my own ticket. Just, you know, once-in-a-lifetime thing to go see some mammoths smash baseballs i think i would do that but there's no way i'd do that to go to an nhl all-star weekend like any part no, of the nhl no weekend. no the any uh uh and the mlb released i think their next their next three all-star games next year's in texas 2025 um going back to atlanta because they took it out of it <laughs> a couple of years ago so they're they're yeah. getting back and then 2026 is in philadelphia so the next year the toronto could possibly get the mlb all-star game is 2027 and i would say with the renovations they're doing 
probably a fair guess that they'll get one before 2030 um, at the Rogers Center. It's also been a long time since MLB has been able to, you know, internationalize a little bit their all-star games. So we'll look forward to it. And if the tickets are cheap, maybe we'll go. We'll make a weekend of it. We'll go see the uh, the big sluggers of 2030 hit some balls at a Rogers Center. Yeah, maybe. Do we have any time left or are we done? Oh, we got uh, we got two minutes. If you want to, if you want to, is there anything else you wanted to go to, or you want to just? We can cut it to break, right? This is our show. Yeah, let's just cut it to break. All right, we'll cut it to break. We got to wrap up the show on the other side. You're listening to the Smitty and Mitty Show here across the TSMS Radio Network. Even though I'd just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My Sun Life advisor encouraged me to do three things: get health coverage, start paying back debt, and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis. My advisor had already helped me become debt-free with enough set aside for emergencies. When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today, I'm in remission. Call Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in King Carden and Port Elgin. Another curling season is upon us. Whether you're a beginner, a pro, or somewhere in between, having the proper equipment makes all the difference. Shoes, brooms, jackets, pants, gloves for men, women, and children. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at goldlinecurling.com. Goldline, the choice of champions. You're listening to the Smitty and Mitty Show. Smitty Mitty Show kind of chuckling to ourselves as we mail it in for yet another week four weeks to go three weeks after this one so we're just kind of lazily we were laughing there because we got a good laugh at the commercial yeah. break there to break it was are you done yeah are you done yeah all right break. <laughs> we got oh we got to get this show done we uh we promised them we'll get them to the middle of december and we <laughs> will do that we will with as much energy as possible i'm telling you that we got some friends of the show that are going to come back on. Maybe not the most topical conversations, but people we can't wait to say goodbye yeah, to. There is going to be a lot of, uh, we'll call it reminiscing, a lot of stories, a lot of memories uh, coming up over the next four weeks as we round out the show. And then our final show coming out on the weekend of December 15th. Uh, I think we've already planned there's not going to be any guests. Media's going to come over here, probably going to pour ourselves a couple of drinks down here in the basement studio, and you're going to get us talking and rambling for about an hour. So uh, that to me sounds like it's going to be a blast. It might maybe, be the best episode we've ever done. Yeah. Maybe producer Kev, have we reached out to him? Producer Kev, uh, I haven't reached out to him yet, but by the time this goes out, I hopefully will reach out to him and get him on the show in the coming weeks. Uh, I know we've talked about some of our first guests that we've had on the show, hopefully getting some of them back. So uh, at this point, it's just going to be a matter of also who we can get scheduled in the final two or three weeks of this thing. Mm -hmm. And if there's any motivation to get somebody scheduled for the second last week. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> All right. Uh, big thank you to our sponsors as well. Sticking with, with us right till the end. Dave Middleton at Sun Life Financial. Life is brighter under the sun. And Goldline Curling, the choice of champions. We are back next week with more sports content here on the Smitty and Mitty Show. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.